your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. Okay, we're going to be talking about group think, dumb and dumber. That's the title of the show. So this, you know, if you think about group think, most people that do group think don't even think they do group think. They they they're in denial. Um, you know, sadly, the best example of what group think is before I I actually describe it to you is to look at what happened after the 2016 election which divided our country in the United States basically making everybody good or evil. Um, everything's good or bad. There's there's no in-between. And then there's this real rush to need to create evidence to make sure that what they think is bad is bad. And so it's sad that people will go to great extents to uh, do groupthink. One of the best examples of groupthink in the United States would be the Civil War, uh, where the North and the South went to war. They wouldn't find a compromise. They wouldn't even begin to discuss a compromise. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people were killed. And and so, you know, war in itself, even the Vietnam War, when that got escalated, that, that also was a matter of groupthink. Groupthink also happened after 9-11 when we went back into uh, Iraq and, uh, and, and try to win that war, which created enormous amounts of, of loss in our country. And so what I'm trying to get to is, is groupthink creates an enormous amount of damage in our culture. And if it could be gotten rid of, but somehow it's part of our human nature, but if it could be gotten rid of as part of what we act on, our, our society in this world would be so much better because groupthink is pure ignorance. And, uh, what it is, is it occurs when a group of, of well-intended people make irrational or non-optimal decisions that are spurred by the urge to conform or the discouragement of dissent. And so what this the problem is, in, it's a premature consensus, and it's usually fueled by a, a particular agenda simply because group members value harmony and coherence above rational thinking. And so in groupthink situation, group members refrain from expressing doubts and judgments and disagreeing with the consensus. And in, in the interest of making a decision that refers their, to their group's cause. And so the members usually ignore any ethical or moral consequences. And, and it's, a, it's risky and it's disastrous military maneuvers such as, once again, the Vietnam War, the invasion of Iraq, they're, they're cited as incidents of groupthink. And so, you know, if you think about it, the term was first introduced in November of 1971. And I suggest it was probably earlier than that because people recognize groupthink for thousands of years. But the deal is nobody really put a label on it. But in Psychology Today, there was an article by Irving Janus, who can, who basically conducted a lot of studies around group decision making under the conditions of stress, and that is the the, the main ingredient. 
That is the blood that runs through groupthink is stress and playing on that stress and the desire to have peace at the shortest, uh, you know, at the, at the quickest way possible. And so the, 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 the desire is a good one, which is to have peace. Unfortunately, it creates turmoil and bad decision making. But it, it, it fosters a real strong us versus them mentality. And it gets members to accept group perspectives uh, in the heat of the moment, even when the perspectives don't necessarily align with their personal views. And so when group identity is threatened, group think decision making can be rushed and destructive and inciting riots or, or a violent event. And when it's often invoked at, at a level of uh, geopolitics, like our politics, groupthink can, can also refer to subtle, subtle processes of social or uh, ideological conformity. And this is happening right now in France, uh, just, just in this day and age that we're in today. You know, so we have to look at why does this groupthink occur? And if you think about the last time you were part of a group, or perhaps during a, some kind of project you were working on, imagine that someone proposes an idea that you think is really bad. However, everyone else in the group agrees with the person who suggested the idea, and the group seemed to set on pursuing that course of action. You know, what do you do? Do you, do you voice your, your, your dissent, or do you just go on with the majority option? Well, most people will avoid conflict, so they'll go with the majority option, and then they will try to substantiate why they did it, even though there is no logical conclusion as to why they did it. You know, in a lot of cases, people end up engaging in groupthink when they fear that their objections might disrupt the harmony of the group or suspect that their ideas might just cause other people to reject them. And so that fear of a rejection, which is an attachment disorder, is a big uh, player in why people go with group think. You know, Janus, the, you know, Irving Janus, he, he said that group think tends to be the most uh, prevalent in conditions where there's a high degree of cohesiveness and situational factors that contribute to deferring to the group, such as uh, external threats, moral problems, bad, tough decisions, and then structural issues such as impartial leadership or group isolation. And when you have that impartial leadership, unfortunately, the individual gets thrown out and everybody has to do what that biased leader wants everybody to do. And it's sad when people aren't consultative and thoughtful, they eliminate the process of what's called critical thinking. Critical thinking is analytical and it calls for more a scientific approach and trying to get to really what is needed rather than trying to get to the shortest answer and the quickest way to get it. You know, there's symptoms that, that uh, Irving Janus identified. There's eight different symptoms of groupthink. And the first one is the illusions of invulnerability. And this leads members of the group to be overly optimistic and engage in risk-taking. So this means they feel they're invulnerable as a group. And so they, they, they play on that fear of, of being vulnerable. And so that fear creates brainstem thinking, which is hysterical. And people begin to operate under a, a sense of hysteria and uh, this very strong idea that they have got to protect their, their group. The other thing is unquestioned beliefs lead members to ignore moral problems and ignore consequences of individual and group actions. So unquestioned beliefs is another big, big thing of groupthink. 
And, and when people go down that path, they just cannot accept anyone else's truth. And what this is, basically what groupthink is, is delusional thinking. It's, it's delusional thinking with rationalization as to why they think the way they're thinking. So that, that and rationalizing is the other, another uh, third component of uh, Irving Janus's um, differences of symptoms. And it prevents members from reconsidering their beliefs and causes them to ignore warning signs. The other thing is stereotyping. And that's prejudice, guys. Prejudice comes from group thinking. And that leads members in the group to ignore or even demonize out-of-group members who may oppose or challenge the group's ideas. So this is a sense of prejudice of the group. The group believing the world is prejudiced of them. And so the world is now an enemy. And this is what the mindset of of of. of prejudice is all about and here we are practicing it uh, in a different way and thinking it's okay because we're not doing color we're not doing the obvious things now we're attacking ideas and creating prejudice around that so thinking that we have gotten away from the culture of prejudice is just dead wrong we're right in the heat of prejudice people just can't identify it because they're not talking about a culture they're not talking about colors they're not talking about uh, uh, different people from different countries, they're talking about ideas and attacking those ideas with prejudice. And so it's sad, but we, uh, they tend to label people as prejudiced, but they're, they're the, but what we think is prejudice is being uh, against people of color or being against a, a certain culture or a certain uh, country. Well, no, it's, it's ideas. It's ideas. And so all it is is prejudice in a new form. The other thing is uh, self-censorship is created. Uh, This is from Irving Janus once again. Self-censorship causes people who might have doubts to hide their fears or their misgivings. The other thing, he invented a term called mind guards, and that is acting as if they're self-appointed censors to hide problematic information from the group. So if there's any information that's disseminated that may cause a stir of negativity, they're going to squash it immediately, and they're going to up their argument up uh, over and over and over again to make sure that their argument is going to be won. Uh, Scientology is in a tre- tremendously dangerous group think where they put their, their minds together. They basically are forming a, a, a society within themselves. It's a closed society. And unfortunately, within that, they have their own group think. And if you step out of that group think, then they're prejudiced towards you and then there's acts uh, against you. And so it's sad, but... Uh, um, you know, anything that organizes, anything that organizes is always going to try to make their ideas right. And so, and I think one of the beautiful things uh, these days, if you look at uh, religion, is there's a lot of churches that are non-denominational, which is a wonderful thing because they're not trying to make you think that they're the only one that's right. What they're trying to do is go back to the truth of what Jesus and God is rather than focus on a doctrine that we all have to buy no matter what if it's parts of it are right or wrong. And so that's a good thing that that is happening in our culture, and that's where hope is, I believe. The other thing is uh, the uh, uh, they have this illusion of, of uh, anonymity that leads members to believe that everyone is in agreement and everyone feels the same way. So they let their guard down and they all want that friendship 
that, that, that they get by uh, their beliefs that everybody agrees to the same thing. And so they have conversations that reinforce that they believe the same thing. And over time, they begin to accept those perspectives as their own perspective. And so that's the, the mindset, the delusional mindset that the group think creates. There's also a direct pressure to conform. And it's often placed on members who pose questions. And those who question the group are often seen as disloyal or traitorous. And so there's a sense that, you know, if you're outside that group, you don't belong. And so people uh, somehow, you know, it's just amazing. If you go to conventions and things like that, uh, they will just rally around uh, their own ideas. And they just tend to reinforce that idea and tie everything back in the world to their thought process around whatever they're selling, whatever they're doing. And that, once again, creates a group think. And it's delusional. And what it does is hurt people. All right. So the benefits and dangers, you know, you know, group think can have some benefits. You know, when working with a large number of people, it often allows the group to make decisions, to complete tasks, finish projects quickly and efficiently because they have a system of thought in place. And, you know, however, you know, the phenomenon also costs as well. The suppression of individual opinions and creative thought leads to poor decision making and inefficient problem solving. So everything, the, the, the solution is a cookie cutter approach for everyone, which can be very easy to conform to uh, because people, you know, tend to want to conform uh, so that they don't have conflict. But the deal is that conformity may be outside of who you really are. And people lose themselves in the ideals that are created by groupthink. They lose their individual thoughts. They, there is no position, there is no place for them. So, you know, let's look at the causes. You know, a number of factors can influence this phenomenon. And it tends to occur more in situations where group members are very similar to one another. And it's more likely to take place when a powerful, uh, charismatic leader commands the group Situations where the group is placed under extreme stress or when moral dilemmas exist also increase the occurrence of groupthink. And so how do you prevent it? Well, there, there are steps that groups can take to minimize the problem. And so first, leaders can give group members the opportunity to express their own ideas or argue against ideas that have already been proposed. And breaking up members into smaller independent teams can also be helpful because more ideas might help the initial cause. You know, initially the, the group leaders should avoid stating their opinions or preferences when assigning tasks. People give time to come up with their own ideas first. That is a healthy group. They also assign at least one individual to take the role of the devil's advocate, which means that that person is going to oppose the ideas or at least challenge the ideas of the group. And that person cannot be demonized. And so it, discussions within group ideas without an outside member in order to get um, an impartial opinion is going to create group think th thoughts which lack critical thinking. You need that critical thinking process in any group. So you want to encourage members to remain critical and don't discourage dissent or challenges to the prevailing opinion. And leaders should be should abstain from many group uh, meetings to avoid overly uh, influenced decisions. That's another way to prevent it. You know, if you do group think at work, that can also be a big problem. First, you know, group, group uh, discussions become limited to a few alternative courses of action, 
uh, usually only two, without a survey of the full range of alternatives. That That's when groupthink takes place at work. Uh, second, the group doesn't uh, uh, survey the objectives to be fulfilled and the values implicated by that choice. And, and also, the group fails to re-examine the course of action initially preferred by the majority of members from the standpoint of non-obvious risks and drawbacks that had not been considered when it was originally elevated. Now, let's think. Look at Hitler. When Hitler was just throwing his ideas out there at bars and different places and organizing people, he was not only just organizing people, but he was also filling them with emotion by the way he spoke to them. That kind of leadership, that kind of crazy, uh, very over-enthusiastic type of leadership puts themselves out there and people want that. They want to have somebody that takes a risk like that, somebody that's enthusiastic, somebody that, that's inspirational. They want that excitement so bad, but what they forget is the objectivity that's needed and that critical thinking that's needed. That kind of leadership, whenever that's around, Oftentimes, you're going to find some success with the group thing, but you're going to find a lot of failure because all they do is try to justify, justify, justify their own actions, whether they're right or wrong. You know, you know, if you bring uh, group think to work, uh, inertia is sabotaged and uh, political opponents become people that are going to be let go. You know, in this day and age, people that are in their 40s and their 50s maybe early 60s are being let go from businesses because they learn uh, critical thinking and they learn to when leadership is young and sometimes enthusiastic what happens is they blow people out the door and they retire them early or get rid of them one way or the other because they're no longer aligning with that group think uh, process and great businesses grow because they have people with ideas and so sadly people that don't conform uh, within the structure of a leader's uh, desire sometimes that leader will just squash out the people that have that kind of thought process that is critical to their thinking all right we're going to take a quick break we're going to uh, talk about work a little bit and how group think works there and how we can squash it in the workplace in the workplace come back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Look among the stars like this bigger than it seems. 
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about groupthink. And, uh, you know, what, 
what does this thing do? It's 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 just crazy that people have to do this, but they do. They have an agenda and they form a, a group around it and they become isolated, insulated, and then they have an enthusiastic leader. And then all of a sudden they're hanging out together. They they grow to like each other and there's a lot of pressure not to introduce disturbing information or opinions that might tear the cohesiveness apart. And they also have good feelings that come from that cohesion becoming part of the group's hidden agenda. So the insulation of the policymaking group is another factor. You know, frequently group thinking groups are removed from interaction with others and perhaps because of their position within the organization. So they lack impartial leadership and, and that is the big, big contributing cause. And so when powerful leaders want to get their way, they can overtly and covertly pressure the group into agreement. And so the lack of a template or a protocol for de- decision making, or Irving Janus, who, who invented once again the term of group think, calls norms. And that requires um, met- methodological procedures for dealing with decision making things. So, you know, a group think can work. You know, when groupthink occurs and the pressure to conform within a group interferes with the group's analysis of a problem and causes poor decision making, individual creativity and uniqueness and independent thinking is lost in the pursuit of group cohesiveness. So what can you do when there is groupthink at work? Well, you know, this is your job. This is how you survive. This is how people get by. So, you know, your family's at stake, your stability's at stake, a whole lot of things are at stake. And so what you want to do is recognize that oftentimes groupthink will flow and go. It, it will run its course because it's ultimately stupid. It's ultimately dumb. And eventually it will do itself in. A lot of people that are what are called change agents, they come in and they make changes at work and they do all these destructive things and basically, in the end, somebody will step back. Either the business will die or somebody will step back and say, we better correct the course or we're going to get our business is going to close. And so, you know, groupthink kills a business. It kills people's work. But if you're working in an environment like that, yes, you may want to look for another job. But number two, understand that it likely will flow through. It likely will go away or move to a different department, God forbid, but it will likely flow through. And so have faith that that if you don't buy the group think concept, but you stay there in your job and you maintain and you keep your head down and you try to work for the things you enjoy in your life rather than trying to enjoy your job, then what will happen is you, you will eventually move through that process. You know, the concept of groupthink provide, and that doesn't mean it's going to guarantee you a job, but what it does do is gives you the best possible alternative uh, to what you have in front of you. But the groupthink provides a summary explanation of the reasons groups sometimes make poor decisions. And so the groups are, are supposed to be better than individuals at making complex decisions, but th- be, because through the membership, a variety of differing perspectives are also brought to bear. But group members not only serve to bring new ideas to the dis- discussion, but they also act as a error correcting mechanisms. And so that, that critical thinking component, you have to recognize when it's not there, you're, in, you're involved in a delusional syndrome and it's hard to correct those errors. And so, you know, and so they're going for what's called social support rather than have individual thinking. 
And individual thinking doesn't mean you don't have social support. That's what makes life more interesting. If you think about uh, the, 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 the knowledge that took place during the Renaissance and during the, in England when the pubs, people would have good critical thinking. They sit down and they discuss ideas and differences and debate, but they wouldn't take it personally. They respect each other. And that is what respect is, is hearing another person's perception and accepting it. It doesn't mean you agree with it, but what it does mean is you're willing to hear it. And um, the sad thing about groupthink is there is no hearing of ideas except for that of the leader. And so people basically will just script whatever they have to do. And that's the sad part of groupthink. They also, uh, people, if you want to avoid groupthink in business, the biggest thing you can do is, is have really good meeting procedures, including uh, an agenda and aim for really good balanced staff work. And you, you are willing to present competing views and attend to, uh, you know, meeting problems, meeting discussions and, and do it to exhaustion so that you can bring the best idea forward. And so a template for discussion might also be useful. So, you know, a suggestion is is an options memo technique in which information is presented as a problem statement, a list of options, and a preliminary recommendation. So then the group looks at the preliminary recommendation with at least uh, some good questions like, is this logic correct? You know, that's the big one. Is the judgment correct? You know, because judgment and logic are two different things. And are there any problems or errors remaining in the preliminary recommendation? And then can the recommendation be improved? Those are big points. You know, to avoid groupthink, it's vital for the leader to become a statesperson or conductor instead of a partisan virtuoso. So, you know, leadership always involves getting work done through other people. High quality decisions are not made through intimidation, whether intentional or unintentional. Some bosses have no idea why people do not speak up, while the reason they do not is because they are likely being attacked. And bosses encourage the good bosses encourage the best performance from groups when they can alert them to the kind of review that is expected of information that comes out of those group processes. You know, there's there's always flaws in individual decision making. We have a very selective perception of life. We have limited knowledge. We have excessive self-interest as people. And there's only a, only a limited time. So important decisions today oftentimes are made in groups. But if once again, there are groups dictated rather than heard, they're, they're not going to be a very constructive outcome. And people don't realize this, but in the workplace, if they can't get that idea in their head, they're not going to have a mature work group. So groupthink occurs when, when a team or organization becomes so similar in their outlook that they lose the ability to be creative or, or have creative decision making. So the result is an environment where perspectives aren't challenged. So, you know, look look at... Uh, of, um, Look at North Korea. I mean, it's it's basically a hermit society. They're, they're, they cannot get outside of their group. They're delusional to the point that they don't even begin to accept another person's perspective. Or Everything is dictated by the dictator. Uh, look at what happened to the Soviet Union. You know, they finally got sick of a dictator. You know, having a king, we finally got rid of that. But what we did, what we replaced it with 
is once again a lot of group think. And so we never got rid of that group think, that group mentality, they, they call it. So once again, let's look at the dynamics that, that exist that create group think. It's a common response to stress with a deep level of similarities that can help create a strong team culture. They can also enhance the effects of groupthink. Um, so, you know, if, if we have a good response to stress, let's not be brainstems. Let's be constructive and figure out how to make it less stressful. They also uh, limits and inclusions. If, if you think you can be open-minded, we all have the mental capacity uh, limited by what we know in a language uh, of our specialty or of our life, but it pays away for group think. So bringing in other ideas is a great thing, is a great thing. And focusing on what is known rather than what is unknown and taking the known and building on that to create a better outcome of the unknown. And to get to a good place to get to a good place where groupthink is not there, that means we have to have faith in the process of working together with different ideas that we will come up with the best possible solution. You know, and, and eliminating extinction and, and eliminating uh, other people's ideas is never a good practice. Um, you know, the, the lack of engagement, if you have that, that is a good sign that in the workplace uh, people are not functioning well. You know, in uh, fraternal type of organizations like fire and police, groupthink is often there. And that's what people are angry at because they have their own mentality of thinking. They're not thinking outside of that process. And so many times they're working within the framework of I'm a cop or I'm a firefighter. And I'm not attacking these kind of organizations because we have to have these folks. They're very important people and they're all well-intended. The, the bottom line is, is that groupthink is what the, the, some of these departments as they get so tight, they lose their ability to, to clearly think. And so they have to begin to conform to each other and to their leader. And so sometimes some of these departments of, of, with such power as a fire or police uh, can go crooked because they have a group think mentality where their leadership is too strong. Um, and doesn't allow people to have a democratic process underneath them. And uh, so oftentimes drowning out voices is what's going to create a lot of problems and also overconfidence in people's decisions. Because once you make a decision, it's really important to understand that you have to adapt after that decision is made because people change. And so sometimes a decision uh, is a good decision, but it doesn't fit anymore. And it, it needs to be adapted, and that's called innovation. That's innovating an idea that already exists. And we have to always go back to ideas and thoughts and make them better and improve for the people that we're serving at that time. You know, um, groupthink has historically been reserved for small groups, but it is truly a large groups now in society. And, and this herd mentality is what we have. And, and this overabundance of social media has created a big problem in that. Uh, we can travel cheaply, quickly, in the moment, uh, uh, appear to be without consequences, results, increases, our, our temptation, distorted realities, unethical behaviors and decisions. All of that can get framed up in social media. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, all these, these vehicles are good 
but they're oftentimes used for the bad. Now, how many people truly have an honest portrayal of themselves on Facebook? How many have true portrayal of who they are on LinkedIn? I mean, most people put up a nice picture, but they don't say what's behind it all. And so it's sadly, uh, social networks allows us to post what Freud called our ego rather than our child, <laughs> which makes lots of bad decisions, and our superego, which is our parent. You know, we don't. We have to integrate all of that into who we are, but, but in social media, and this is where group thing comes from, not just social media, but that's the big communication uh, gap that's being used for, for group think. In social media, people do not have to have any scientific research of their ideas or thoughts or critical thinking. They could just throw whatever they want out there, and that's where people get in big trouble. They just throw stuff on the wall, see if it sticks, and, the, and then they understand all of a sudden that they're going to have to explain themselves over and over again for something that they put out there that they really didn't think about. Um, but with groupthink, groupthink is going to try to collect people that align with that that mindset, and eventually those groups in social media become warped uh, by people uh, that that take on a stronger role than some other people, and and the, those people will start dictating what's accepted and not accepted by the groups. So you know, social networking such as Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, they can build a person's online capital and reputation. I'm not saying they're bad. It's how they're being used that's bad. You know, in our media itself, our media out there, the newspapers, you can't even trust them anymore because now they're doing groupthink. They're not doing critical thinking. They're just coming up with ideas and they're angry and upset and they want to create problems in people's lives they don't like. And they use their vehicle, the media, to destroy people. And that is a sad, sad thing. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about social media. We're going to talk about groupthink. And uh, we're going to talk about the effects and how to get away from it. Come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about, but these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief, host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief, death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. 
Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about groupthink and dumb and dumber. <laughs> you know, groupthink, once again, is it can be a good thing because it can get people to rally behind something. And if it's a good cause, that's great. But if it's it, the bad ingredient of it is black and white thinking and life is gray. So there's, there's a lot of uh, loss of perception of other people, loss of input. Let's talk about this lady, Doris Lessing. You know, she died in 2013. She was 94 years old. And she actually won uh, the Nobel Prize for Literature. Um, and she died just a few years after that. So she was like 91 when she got the Nobel Prize for Literature. And she identified as a, as a communist for many years and was also known as an icon of modern feminism. But she also firmly rejected communism later in life and laid the label of being a feminist. And she said, uh, and I quote, we can stand in a room full of dear friends, knowing nine tenths of them, if the pack demands it, will become our enemies. But there is always the minority who do not and it seems to me that our future, the future of everyone, depends on this minority. She also said something very, very interesting. Whenever people are actually forced to recognize for, from real experience what we are capable of, it is so shocking that we can't take, take it in easily or take it in at all. And we want to forget it. The real experience for many people is scary. Um, and, and so people want to believe they're always safe. They want to believe that new ideas are dangerous because they call for change. And so many people hate change that they will do whatever it takes to oppose change. She also said something about uh, the effects of technology and how poorly we use it. She said, and this lady was brilliant, I believe that people coming uh, after us will marvel that on one hand, we accumulated more and more information on our behavior, while on the other hand, we made no attempt at all 
to use it to improve our lives. That is an incredible statement. We have these beautiful social media tools and we could use them to create new ideas and to further technology and to, to, to inspire people to, to evolve into greater and greater. We could also use it for our spirituality, to develop ways that we pray together, to do the great things together. But there is more negative, there's more dark media than there is light. And so sadly, we don't evolve, we just throw bad ideas at each other. And she said... In fact, our blindness to the realities of our own patterns of human behavior will be our downfall. If we could just take a, a, a clinical look at the mechanics of groupthink and how it works, we'd all become freer and happier. She also ventured to say that she believed that critical knowledge of human behavior is actually being hoarded by elites in order to amass their own power. And it prompted her to ask a question, which is, how is it? that so-called dramatic uh, d- democratic movements don't make a point of instructing their members in the laws of crowd psychology and in group psychology. You know, if we're going to live in a democratic world, in a democratic society, we have to welcome everybody's viewpoint. Doesn't mean we have to agree with their viewpoint. As a matter of fact, it's a good thing not to agree, just to make sure that we're getting to better results. You know, debate does not call for ignorance. Debate calls for good, critical thinking, and it has a good objective, which is to do good. You know, uh, but we presume negativity so you know what happens the impact of group think once again is bad decisions due to the lack of opposition lack of creativity overconfidence uh, the negative impacts of profitability of an organization optimal solutions don't happen uh, because they're overlooked and the feedback on decisions and then poor decision making and here's a sad thing look at what's happening in our universities after the 2016 election, it came to light finally. Our universities are hysterical. They're crazy. Some of these universities are creating an us against them mentality. They're so liberal and crazy in their thinking that they are actually infusing those thoughts on the kids that are in those classrooms and, and, and basically saying, you don't get a good grade if you don't agree with me. And these teachers are creating group think in their classrooms and the universities are endorsing that because once again a lot of them have tenure and a lot of them is going to be a legal problem if they got rid of them so you know the bottom line is these some of these universities have lost themselves because they no longer have critical thinking and here's a sad thing is research research is riddled with critical thinking and research is now being biased to, to create, uh, uh, to reinforce a group think mentality. So, so that in itself has hurt us also is research cannot be necessarily trusted, especially when it's being used to ignite group think mentality. And so oftentimes people, if you watch TV anytime, any kind of news, you're going to find them using statistics. Well, those statistics are usually softened to, to make sure that people believe what the group think wants you to believe. And sadly, people will believe it. Um, and they, they buy it. They'll buy, they buy these, uh, you know, polls for elections. They, they will bias them. And they will create a bias by, by the people that they, they, um, 
survey are people that will agree with what the group wants. And yeah, they'll throw in a few bad ones, but they're going to reinforce their perspective. And so even research these days is being hindered by groupthink. And we have got to get our brains back to critical thinking. Anything hard makes life easier. So that means we have to do hard. We have to do hard. And hard means we have to be good listeners. Because a person that's a listener is a person that is in charge of the conversation. And leaders often forget that. They often forget that if you listen, you are a very powerful leader. Because people are so used to, in this life, not having to be heard. And so the power of being heard by people by people actually listening, being heard, that is a very, very, very strong thing for people to want. And uh, it's a deep need because it means your life is significant. And, and so when in this day and age where we are so impatient and we have everything at our fingertips, anything we want, we just go get it, you get it, get it, get it on the internet, do whatever. We want to have a conversation with somebody, you get it on the internet. That, that impulse is great that we have all that available to us, but what's sad is, we don't get away with listening, and, and that's what we have to do more of in this life. And if we did more of that, we would be, be better critical thinkers. And so listening people should be the people that you want to uh, bring yourself closer to because listening people have respect. So they also uh, want to, uh, you know, they, they uh, members in a group think, they believe in the righteousness of their cause, and they the, so that righteousness uh, gives them a, this ingredient to ignore the ethical or moral consequences of their decision. You know, so so uh, what's what's the mantra of a phony reform movement? You know, uh, education is 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 the civil rights issue of our time. I think it, Mitt Romney said that or something. Um, but you know, we get behind these ideals. And basically, we want to just go for it and, and to have that sense of righteousness. You know, um, a lot of things do not get taken care of when we do groupthink mentality. I, I would suggest um, some of the people that have been elected are people that are just about groupthink. And that's all they've done. And yet, when it comes down to making real decisions, they're not there to do it. And so, it, it's sad. But a lot of people just live in ideals. So, once again, Irvin Janus, the eight different symptoms that indicate group thinking, these are so important, and I'm going to go back over them because they are so important, is the illusions of invulnerability lead members of the group to be overly optimistic and engage in risk-taking. So, these are symptoms, guys, symptoms of a bigger problem. Unquestionable, unquestioned beliefs lead members to ignore possible moral problems and ignore consequences of individual and group actions. They also have what's called rationalization, which prevents members from reconsidering their beliefs and causes them to ignore warning signs that they're down the wrong road. Also, stereotyping leads members of the group to ignore or even demonize out-of-group members who may oppose or challenge the group's ideas. Then there's the self-censorship, and that causes people who might have doubts to hide their fears or their misgivings. And once again, he, do, he created the term mind guards that act as a self-appointed censors to hide problematic information. These are all symptoms, once again, of group uh, thinking, illusions of, of an, anonymity. 
that leads members to believe that everyone is in agreement and feels the same way, and also direct pressure to conform. That's what's placed on members who pose questions and those who question the group are often seen as disloyal. You know, so let's look at what would be some good effects and some bad effects. Well, harmony exists. That That's good it, within the group. It doesn't exist for everybody outside of the group. Uh, for the people in the group, there's less stress. Things get finished fast. The quality is lower. It's easier. There's wrong decisions that are made. That's a bad thing. And it also could ruin your relationships in the long run because if all your friends are within that groupthink mentality, they probably are going to go away once groupthink is not there. That's why oftentimes people, when they leave college, they leave high school, they don't have friends. They were in a group, and that group was just a group. And it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it was a groupthink mentality, but it was not something that sticks with you for the rest of your life. And so a lot of people can't w- wait to escape from, from things like high school because, you know, they're so sick of the group mentality. They, they couldn't deal with it. They couldn't have real friends. They had to be parts of cliques. And that's what the, the group think is, is a big clique. And it's so immature. And it's so sad. But once again, we, we fall back into that safety. So how can we create a life of rugged individualism? Well, rugged individualism is when you are your own person and you don't think like the group and you do not give in to the group. You still maintain who you are and you accept the fact that everybody else has an opinion too and that's okay. That's okay. If you can accept that everyone else has an opinion and actually relish the fact that you're going to hear something different, that's a good thing. But when you have to, to create a mentality that if you don't agree with me, that's when we get a lot of stress in our society. And I will tell you, these last two years in our society have been highly, if not three or more, maybe, maybe more than that. But it's been very stressful, very stressful for our society. Um, you know, the, the, we are so divided as a world, we are so divided, but we need to be divided because in many ways we need to look, get outside of ourselves and start to look at ourselves and go, who do we really want to be? You know, and that question needs to be asked continuously. Who am I? Where do I fit? And how can I help? The biggest question in life that's the most important thing is how can I help other people? Because that is the meaning of your life is being present and groupthink allows you to not be present. It allows you to just float through life, uh, living with the agenda of everyone else. We are, we, a lot of people are what are called mediocre. And mediocre doesn't buy you anything except for to follow other people. And some people were lazy. And we'd rather follow other people than deal with having to think for ourselves. So that's groupthink. That's our show. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You know, uh, next week, I said I was going to do it this week, but next week is going to be called The Unconscious Mind, The Human Operating System. And I have to thank my my engineer, uh, Aaron, who came up with Groupthink, and he also came up with The Unconscious Mind, which I'm going to be doing next week. So uh, I'd like to thank him for that wonderful, these wonderful ideas. And also all you people that write me and and give me such good information, I really, truly appreciate it. I, I I love hearing from you, and uh, I thank all of you for listening. So my email is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. 
Um, I'm currently scheduling speaking and teaching engagements and conducting intensive coaching for marriage, pre-marriage individuals in person or over Skype. So you can contact me at drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or you can go to the Voice America website uh, where you look up my show and you can actually email me from that link. So remember how to lose weight. Turn your head to the left, then turn your head to the the right and repeat each time you're offered food. (laughs) Now Gabriel Iglesias, he's a great comedian, fluffy. He came up with the six levels of fat. And I'm doing that because it's the holiday season, guys. So six levels of fat from Gabriel Iglesias. Fat, number one, is big. Number two is healthy. Number three is husky. Number four is fluffy. Number five is damn. And number six is hell no. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 